Hey, what's up, church family? Happy New Year. If you're watching this message right now, it's because you're watching online. This is a Sabbath Sunday. We're taking time off as a team, and you are worshiping God and getting the word right there in your homes or wherever you are. Um, but we're still believing that you would be deeply encouraged today and that God would bless you, especially headed into 2024. And I want to remind us that, matter of fact, coming up the very next Sunday, we are changing our service times to 9 a.m., 10:30 and 12 p.m. So hoping to see you there in person at one of those services. And also, uh, just because we're not gathering, uh, we can still be generous. And this is a time where you can be generous with your tithes and your offerings. The 10% of the income God has blessed you with or whatever he puts on your heart above and beyond that as an offering. We're so grateful for what God has done this last couple of months in this area of generosity. We've been able to give away uh, well over $100,000 to our community partners, tens of thousands of dollars to people right here in our church community, and we can't do any of that if God is not leading you to give. So this moment is powerful, and this moment is fruitful, not just for our church, but for you. We believe that God blesses those who are generous. And so thank you for doing that as you prepare your offering right now. There's plenty of ways to do that. Venmo online, the app, the Oasis app, and we're always grateful that people choose to listen to God in this way and partner with what God is doing in our church. And so thank you so much for your generosity. But I want to encourage you, a brief encouragement going into the new year. And all I've been thinking about is, is favor. And every year at the start of a new year, no one wants something bad to happen. We're all believing for good things. We're all believing for positive things. And what is the pathway to those blessings? What is the pathway to those things happening in your life? I hope you're believing for increase. I hope you're believing for favor. I hope your faith is inspired just by sitting in church this year, however long you've been here. I hope you're going into 2024 with some faith. But I want to read to you a passage of scripture that is a sobering passage to the process of God producing tremendous fruit in our lives. It's in John 12, verses 23 to 25. And it says, And Jesus answered them, because the disciples were asking some questions, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. And listen to this verse. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. If it dies, it bears much fruit. He is literally saying that when it comes to a seed, death precedes increase. If you want to bear much fruit and you're a seed, you have to die. And he goes on to compare that to our humanity and says, whoever loves his life will, will lose it, meaning the person that refuses to die and whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Now, obviously, Jesus is not talking about a physical death. He's not asking you and I to practically give up our lives so that we can bear much fruit. That word die in that verse means divine closure. My prayer for you is that God would bring divine closure to some issues that have been plaguing you for years, that God would bring divine closure to certain areas that have produced unforgiveness or bitterness or shame or guilt. These are things that we cannot bring human closure to. I'm grateful for therapists that can help us process things from our past. But if we're going to get free spiritually, we need to have divine closure. What would it look like for you and I going into 2024 to ask the Holy Spirit for divine closure? That issue with your parents that you never really got over. Holy Spirit, would you give me divine closure? That thing has to die. 
If you feel a fear over your finances, would the Holy Spirit bring you divine closure about the fear you're feeling over your finances? And that divine closure means death, done, sealed, never coming back. So it's actually a powerful word. Christians have no reason to be afraid of things dying in their life because we serve the God of resurrection. And he's pointing his disciples to what it's actually going to take to bear fruit, which fruit means partnership with Christ. So when we do things in 2024, my main goal is that everything in my life that is not of God, the Holy Spirit would help me bring divine closure to. Those things have to die. And everything that lives in my life, all of those things would be done in partnership with Christ. So when we feel like a failure or we feel like there's an area in our life where we are failing, it could be an area that is not being done with partnership in Christ. Those two simple things is what I'm praying for our church community to do at the beginning of this year is to address the areas of our lives that need to die, the areas of our lives that need divine closure. Unless a grain of wheat receives divine closure, dies, it cannot bear much fruit. Any open-ended bitterness, any open-ended shame, any open-ended issues that are not of God must be dealt with. And I think for me, I've been talking to a lot of amazing young people in our church, and many of them are obsessed with how God can help them achieve their futures or their goals or their dreams. And of course, all those things have their place. I hope you are a dreamer. But 1 Corinthians 15 verses 19 to 20 says this, uh, Paul is talking to the church and he says, and if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. When I think of the homeless person on the street, that's what I think of when I see pitied or empathy. I'm trying to have empathy because that person is in a bad spot. But the reality is, is if you saw someone on the street, uh, whether they were unhoused and they didn't have a place to live, but they had the hope of Christ and you don't, and you have a four bedroom apartment or a four bedroom house somewhere, Paul would suggest that, it, that your lack of hope you're to be more pitied. My lack of hope, if all I'm thinking about is this life and what God wants to do in this life, the scripture says we are to be more pitied than anyone in the world because it says in verse 20, in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of a great harvest of all who died, which means what? We're thinking about things that, that are eternal. We're thinking about things that are heavenly. The, the Bible says to set our thoughts on the things that are above, not just our, the things that are in front of us. So he's saying, if all you think about is what's in front of you and you can't get away from it, then you are to be more pitied than anyone else in the world because it is this death process that Christ is talking about that sets our eyes on heaven, that sets our eyes on the things of God. If we could ever get to this place, church, and this place of maturity where we would seek God in the death of the things that are not of him so we could be more fruitful, man, what God would do in 2024. Uh, Paul goes on to say in Philippians 3, verses 10 through 11, I want to know Christ, yet, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participate in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. He's not talking about this physically. He's talking about letting things die in his life, divine closure. And so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Paul is breaking this down and saying, I want to do exactly what Jesus did. Die to self to glorify God. If we can make that that goal and our goal in 2024, I'm telling you, God would use you to bear so much fruit for his kingdom. One of my favorite scriptures in the Bible is 
Genesis 22, 1 through 18. And it's about God testing Abraham's faith. And verse 1, it says, Sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied, here I am. Take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. What a bizarre passage of scripture. Uh, but it says the next morning, Abraham got up early. He saddled his donkey and took two of his servants with him, doing uh, along with his son Isaac. Then he chopped wood for a fire for a burnt offering and set out for the place that God had told him about. On the third day of their journey, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He told uh, Isaac, stay here with the donkey. Excuse me, he told the servants, the boy and I will travel a little farther. We will worship there and then we will come right back. So Abraham placed the wood for the burnt offerings on Isaac's shoulders while he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them walked on together, Isaac turned to Abraham and said, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. We have the fire and the wood, the boy said, but where is the sheep for the burnt offering? Isaac is already saying something feels off. Uh, I'm carrying the wood. Pops is carrying the fire. Where is the sheep for the offering? And listen to what Abraham says. God will provide a sheep for the burnt offering, my son, Abraham answered. And they both walked on together. When they arrived at the place where God had told them to go, Abraham built an altar and arranged the wood on it. Then he tied his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And Abraham picked up the knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. At that moment, the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Yes, Abraham replied, here I am. Don't lay a hand on the boy, the angel said. Do not hurt him in any way, for now I know you truly fear God. You have not withheld from me even your son, your only son. Then Abraham looked up, and he saw a ram caught by its horns in the thicket. So he took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering in place of his son. Abraham named the place Yahweh Yireh, or Yahweh Jireh which means the Lord will provide. To this day, people still use that name as a proverb. On the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. So if you're a Christian and you're out there in the Christian world, listen to Christian music, you know Maverick City had a song called Jireh, the Lord will provide. Many people have said that we call God, um, our, our God, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. And when everyone believing for provision, like Abraham was believing for provision, we can call on God who is our provider. But I want to point out something, that the Lord provided something for, for Abraham because of what Abraham was willing to sacrifice and kill. And so God's best provision comes to your life when you are in a moment where you're getting ready to give your best sacrifice. I'm going to say that again. God's provision Best provision. When God becomes Jaira to Abraham, he gave his best provision because Abraham was getting ready to give his best sacrifice, his one and only son. And it doesn't say that Abraham called God that. It says that Abraham named the mountain Jehovah Jaira. When we as believers are not willing to go to that place with God, we will not know God by that name. Here is my prayer for you in 2024, that you would truly know the God of provision, Jehovah Jireh. But God often provides for believers who are willing to make the sacrifice, give things up 
let things die, receive divine closure for the things that are not of God so we can have divine life for the things that are, are of God. This is my simple message to you going into the new year as you pray and believe God's best. God will provide, but what are you willing to give up? What are you willing to let go? What are you willing to receive divine closure? If we could all do that in unity, I think we're going to have a great 2024. No more saying this year is my year and it ain't your year for 20 years in a row because we're not doing the things we need to do. What if we could all say this year is really about to be my year? Because unless a grain of wheat falls in the ground and dies, it cannot bear fruit. I want to encourage you with that today. And I know that as I've experienced recently in our church services and our community, that our hearts are so hungry for the Lord and so hungry for his word and so hungry to hear what God wants us to do in this next season. And I know God will bless your obedience. And so I'm going to pray uh, this message over your life and over your family right now, wherever you're watching from, and believe God's best for you in 2024. Father, we thank you that every single person watching this right now or listening to this on the podcast is receiving divine revelation about the things in their life that need to die. The things in their life, according to the definition of that word, that need divine closure. Holy Spirit, help us. Jesus, help us bring divine closure to the areas of our life that simply need to go so that in their place, we can bear much fruit in our partnership with Christ. I pray that over every single person listening every single person watching. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all, we about to have a fire 2024. Y'all better not find yourself at home next week in our new service times. I need you to pull up on your boy. And if you're watching, that means please come to church. <laughs> Love you so much, and I'll see y'all soon.